to Hillcrest Church Audio. We hope today's message will help you grow. Wow. Good morning, Hillcrest. It is so sweet to be with you all this morning. My husband, Zach, and I, we've been a part of Hillcrest for a little over a decade, and we love this church. This is our home church, and we, we're happy to be here. Um, we are getting ready to launch as missionaries to the Dominican Republic, and yeah, we're so excited. Oh, thanks, guys. And um, if you haven't seen us around much the past few months, it's because we've been traveling, visiting lots of other churches to share about what we're doing which is also lots of fun, Um, but it feels extra special to be back here with you guys this morning. So I get to share this morning, continuing on with our Luke series, which is great, in the passage that Christy just read for us, and also sharing a bit about the call that the Lord has put on our life and what we're going to go do. So a little context for you about Zach and I. I've been on staff with CCF, our campus ministry here in Bellingham, for several years. And Zach recently did the internship three years ago, and then he came on staff too. And through these years, the Lord has deeply entrenched in us a love for college students, a love for reaching out to young people and um, discipling them, teaching them how to disciple others around them. So we have lots of practice doing that here in the Pacific Northwest, but very soon we're going to be uprooting, moving to Latin America to learn Spanish. Here's some pictures of the team we'll be joining in the DR, um, some of the students there. If you don't know, the Dominican Republic is in the Caribbean. It shares an island with Haiti. There's a little map there. Maybe you can see that. Maybe it's too small. Um, I'll share more on that in a bit. I wanted to start by telling you a story about how I got connected to CCF and ultimately how I met Jesus. So I, I grew up locally or close to locally down in Edmonds, and I had kind of a nominal Christian faith. I believed in God, but that was about it. I didn't really know or like who Jesus was or want to know. My first week as a freshman at Western, my roommate and I, we were walking back from the gym across campus and back to our dorm room. And my roommate, she was a believer. And suddenly we heard this music and she was like, that's worship music. We, we need to go check that out. What is that? And I somewhat reluctantly followed her and we went into Artson Hall, the biggest lecture hall on campus, And I was totally shocked. We walked into the door, and there were 400 students, all with their hands raised in the air, praising Jesus. I had never seen anything like this before. It was beautiful and a little unsettling for me. I I was totally overwhelmed. I didn't know what to make of it. So a few of the CCF staff, they were in the back of the room, and they handed us candy bars and books and welcomed us like, oh, come, stay, we'd love to have you. And it was so sweet, but I was just too overwhelmed. So I was like, thank you very much. I think we're, I need to go. We're going to go. Um, but I'm so glad that 
they sent one of the student leaders from CCF to come track me and my roommate down in our dorm. And yes, if you know CCF, you know that that is what happens. <laughs> Maybe you've done that yourself. Um, so she, she came and found us, and she invited us to join her Bible study and offered to meet with each of us one-on-one. And she's the one who taught me about who the real Jesus is. She explained the Bible to me. She prayed with me every week. She encouraged me to, to join um, CCF classes and learn more, get connected with the broader Christian community. Um, so to borrow a phrase, to borrow a phrase from Philemon, I'm, I'm like trying to compose myself because this is meaningful for me. I, I owe my life, my, my life of faith to that girl and to CCF. And I'm, I'm so thankful for the CCF staff and students that poured into me. Oh, gosh, sorry. They, they taught me to keep my eyes on Jesus no matter what was going on. And they, they walked with me through the ups and downs of my college years and my young adult years up to now. And I'm so, so thankful. Okay, thank you. So the main thing I want to get across today and what I think our, our passage points to is this, that Jesus invites us into a special communion with him and with his people. And whatever goes on around us, Jesus calls us to just look back at him, to look at his face, to remember what he's done for us. We're going to walk through this, this little passage in Luke 22. It's the story of... Um, the Last Supper, verses 7 through 22. I'm, I'm going to read it again as I go through it. Starting at verse 7. Then came the day of unleavened bread, which was the pas- on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it? They asked, because they don't know. He replied, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters, and say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make the preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. I love this little snippet of the story that we get before we get to the, the dinner. These guys have been with Jesus for three years and have seen some wild things in that time. And at this point, they're just following through with what Jesus says, which I love. We don't know exactly the tone with which this exchange happened, but we know that they did exactly what Jesus asked, and it was exactly as Jesus said, which is cool. And 
as, as we read this, I want us to remember that this is at the point in Jesus' journey towards Jerusalem and the cross where tensions are high. Religious and political leaders are not happy with Jesus, and they are on the hunt for him. The disciples have grown so much since they started out their journey with Jesus. I seek to be as faithful as they are in this. Walking into a scary city and situation with some instructions, but probably not knowing how it's going to turn out. But they trust him. Have you had moments like this in your walk with Jesus? where Jesus asks you to step out into something scary and you'd go for it. I'm I'm betting that you have. Zach and I are in the middle of one of those times right now. We've set aside a lot of our other hopes and dreams so that we can follow through with what we know the Lord is calling us to do in this season. And it's scary, but it's also really exciting. It's really exciting to step out in faith and see what Jesus is going to do because it's just a total joy to follow through with what Jesus asks us to do, whatever happens. What we're doing, though, is definitely not as scary as what the disciples are stepping into. So he, he sends them out, and Jesus is very aware that he is being hunted and tracked down in this week. So everything he and the disciples do in the city is really thought through and cautious. And we don't know all the details of how Jesus set this situation up, but like I said, whatever's going on between the lines, I like to notice how faithful the disciples are here how well they've learned to trust Jesus. So they go, they get all the preparations ready, and then everyone gathers, and it's time to have the Passover meal together. Verse 14 through 16. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. They have reached this pinnacle moment together. He's asked his disciples to follow him, to trust him, and they've been with him for three years. And I think verse 15 is such a fascinating paradox. It really stood out to me as I was um, praying and reading through this. Jesus knows he's about to be betrayed. He knows he's about to face intense suffering. But his eye is on his friends. He says, I've so looked forward to this moment with you. The end of a three-year journey of teaching them, pouring into them, laughing with them, walking with them. But everything is about to change, and they get this special moment of pause together before that happens. The disciples are likely sad, nervous, maybe confused, but happy to be together. 
Um, Jesus has alluded a few times to what is going to happen. But he, Jesus doesn't talk about any of that in this moment. He talks about how much he's looked forward to being with them and invites them next into communion with him. Verse 17 through 20. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you, for I tell you I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. In the middle of the tension, in the middle of this city where people are hunting for Jesus, in the face of suffering, Jesus reminds them, keep your eye on me. Do this in remembrance of me. And they don't even fully understand the significance of what his body and his blood is going to do for them yet, because it hasn't happened yet. But think about the moment later when they realize and this clicks, how meaningful that will be for them. Jesus' Jesus's sacrifice is going to change everything, and communion is a symbol of that. He's giving them something to hold on to for later, something they can pass on to future disciples and generations, a way to tangibly explain the sacrifice that Jesus made, becoming the last sacrifice that would redeem us with the Father. And I think Jesus, as, as he's sharing this with them, he has the same sentiment today with us right now as we're gathered, a deep love for his people together. And as believers, we know that this love that he offers us isn't because of anything we've done or accomplished. It's just something he gives freely. He came so that all may have life to the fullest, and he, God sent his son into the world so that none would perish, but all would have eternal life with him. God's heart is for all people to know him. Communion is meant for believers in Jesus as a sign of our connection with Jesus and also with the rest of the body of believers. And with that, he sets a table. Jesus sets a table saying, Anyone is welcome. Just You can come. This is here for you. With campus ministry, we believe that it's one of the most strategic mission fields for inviting others to Jesus' table. Literally and metaphorically, because college students love food. They're all about it. College is a season of life when people are talking about ideas and beliefs all day long, <laughs> deciding who they want to be, gaining lifelong friends, choosing a direction to send their life towards, like a trajectory. They're like, this is where I'm going. Okay. So if we can intersect them in that time and teach them the importance of centering their life on Jesus, we're going to have insane impacts for the kingdom of God. 
as I've said, Zach and I have felt a strong call from the Lord to go and serve in Latin America. And it's something he started stirring in us about six years ago. And since then, he's just been like putting all the puzzle pieces together for us. Sometimes it felt painfully slowly, but he put them all together, and and here we are. And part of this calling that the Lord's put on us was cemented when we were in Mexico City. So I want to tell you another story of when last October we got to go visit a brand new CCF, also called Chi Alpha, broadly. Um, So we got to visit a new campus ministry that was started on this campus. That's a picture of it behind me. And we were on campus for outreach one day, doing the typical things that we do with CCF. We were playing games. We were handing out food. We were trying to make connections, all with the hope that a connection would lead to a conversation about Jesus in one form or another. And our Spanish isn't great yet. We're going to language school, so that'll get better. But praise the Lord, he sent us someone who spoke perfect English, one of the students from campus. And he spent all afternoon with us. He grew up Catholic and had a belief in God, but he didn't know who Jesus was, really. He he told us. And so he and Zach had a great afternoon talking with each other, um, talking about family, about faith. And when it was time to say goodbye to us, this student said, you know, I feel a peace with you all that I have never felt before. I don't know what that is. What, what is that? And we got to say, oh yeah, we know exactly what you're talking about. That is the power and the presence of Jesus that's with his believers. And it's, it's not just us. It's not for us, or it's not just us. It's for you also. He was, he was overwhelmed with, with that, you could see. And um, thankfully, he was like, I want to learn more. I want to read the Bible. So he uh, got connected with one of the local missionaries there in Mexico and um, started meeting up with him to learn more. So this, this student's story in Mexico, it's similar to so many other people in Latin America, so many of the students that we want to go reach are in a similar boat. Five out of six Latin Americans haven't had an adequate presentation of the gospel. They've yet to hear the truth of the resurrected Jesus. They don't know about his invitation to the table. So we, Zach and I, we want to go tell them. In the Dominican, we will get to join a team of North American and Dominican missionaries already established there, and the team we're joining deeply values raising up locals to lead and teaching them, empowering them to lead. So our focus for Zach and I will be on campus, and we will be reaching discipling students from the main public university. They're empowering disciples to make disciples. The campus has 170,000 students. It's huge. They try to make... um, college free so lots of people take advantage of that it's one of the major science and technology schools in the Caribbean and it's beautiful 
Um, and something especially fun that Zach and I get to do that I think Hillcrest will appreciate is we get to help establish an internship there based on the CCF internship right here in our town. Yeah, um, just translated into a Latin context. Our future boss, who is a missionary that Hillcrest also supports, her name is Jamie Bayo. She was a student at Western and a part of CCF. And while she was here, she heard the Lord tell her, I want you to take really good notes when you're at CCF because you're going to replicate this someday in Latin America. So she's really pumped to have people coming to help her from this ministry. And I just want to extend the invitation. If any of you want to come with us, there's, there's room. You can come. But back to the internship, there's dozens of young people in the Dominican right now who have gone through Bible school, but they lack practical ministry skills. So we get to take our, minist- our ministry experience here. We know how to train people how to do ministry. Um, we're, we're excited. We get to go and help them translate that into a Latin American context and do it on their campus there. Hillcrest, um, as we're getting ready to go and, and wrapping up here this morning, Hillcrest has played such a huge role in sending us and making it possible for us to go do this, to answer the Lord's call. And I know the same is true for so many missionaries. So we wanted to be sure to say thank you so, so much. We honestly can say we have no other church like this in terms of support. We have lots of other churches that are are really supporting us in wonderful ways, but Hillcrest has just gone above and beyond, and we're so, so thankful. Wrapping up, um, the main point of this morning is Jesus invites us into a special communion with him and his people. Whatever goes on around us, Jesus calls us to look back at him, to remember him, to trust the sacrifice that he made for us. Two thoughts I want to leave you with. Jesus' invitation to sit at his, at his table is open to you. If you've never taken communion before, but want to as a way of accepting Jesus' invitation today, it's a great time to go for it. If you are a believer, a question to think about is, are, are there areas in your life where Jesus is calling you to pause and turn your face back towards him? Because he's, he's just eagerly looking forward to being with you, to meeting with you. Before we ever sought him out or gave him a thought, his eyes were on us. Because he loves you, he knows you, he cares about you, and he wants to be with you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for that, that truth, that before we ever gave you a thought your eye was on us your love was for us your love was for your community of believers so we're thankful for um, communion for this for this table that you've prepared for us 
and that you've given us a, such a tangible way to remember you and the sacrifice you made for us. Lord, we love you so much. Pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for connecting with Hillcrest Church. For more info on this and other sermons, visit us online at hcbellingham.com or join us at 9 or 11 a.m. any Sunday morning, 1400 Larrabee Ave, Bellingham, Washington.